Philippians chapter 1, stand, no, just keep your seat. I'll stand, y'all sit. How about that? Verse 12, chapter 1, verse 12 is where we'll start as we continue in the book of Philippians. Chapter 1 and verse 12, but I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all the other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. But the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through prayer, through your prayer, and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness and all as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose I want not. Verse 23, for I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith. That your rejoicing may be more abundant in Christ Jesus for me by my coming to you again. We'll stop reading. We'll stop reading right there. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the precious word of God. Lord, we thank you for these that have come out tonight. We ask you to be with us. Help us as we try to expound what's in these verses and learn from the Word of God. Use this, Lord, to encourage. Use this, Lord, to help. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. Here, tonight, we're going we're gonna to look in verses 12 through 26 and see what we can learn here. More than anything, when you look at the Apostle Paul, his desire was to preach the gospel in Rome. Acts 19 verse 21 says this. After these things were ended, Paul purposed in his spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to go to Jerusalem, saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. Romans 1.15. So, as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Paul wanted to go to Rome as a preacher, but he went as a prisoner. God doesn't always send us places that we might want to go. He doesn't always send us the way we wanted to go. Oh, Paul got to go to Rome, but instead he went as a prisoner. In verse 12, verse 12, it says, we read it, uh, but I would, you should understand, brethren, 
that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the what? The furtherance of the gospel. Paul said, my situation is for the glory of God. My situation is that the gospel will be reached and preached. And we're going to look at that as we go through here. But in verse 12, he said, which happened unto me. The record of these things, you, you got to go to Acts chapter 21 through 28. It talks about the illegal arrest. It talks about all the things that were going on. And uh, Paul remained there for two years in Caesarea when he finally appealed to Caesar. You see that? And then there was a shipwreck in chapter 27. But all of this happened. All of this. Everything went on. But what was Paul focused on? Jesus. What was he focused on having? A single mind. Remember, chapter 1, its focus is a single mind. Are y'all with me tonight? All right. Stay with me. First thing I want to look at in verses 12 through 14 is Paul's chains. Paul's chains. The same God that used the rod of Moses, the same God that used the sling of David, is going to use the chains of Paul. The Romans, they had no idea. <laughs> they had no idea that chaining him to a Roman guard, that locking him up, they had no idea what this would do because he had people every four to six hours they would change. And you know as well as I do, Paul preached to them. Every four to six hours he'd get fresh meat. And I bet it was to the point to where them guys said, I ain't going back. That's what? You know what? A new one would come in. A new one would come in. So uh, God was using this for his glory. 2 Timothy 2.9, Paul wrote this. Wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. He's saying, I'm here as a criminal but the word of God's going out. The word of God is going out. You've heard of Charles Spurgeon. I speak of him often. You ought to uh, look up his writings. Tremendous writer of old, preacher. But many don't know his wife, Susanna. Not long after they were married, she became a, an invalid. And it looked like her work would be just to support her husband from bed. But God gave her a burden to share her husband's books with pastors that couldn't purchase them. All of this started from her home. And through this, a ministry was unleashed and she helped others. I don't like when people say, preacher, I just can't. Oh, yeah, you can. God will take a lady that's laying in bed. And still, she was able to share the gospel. She was able to share the gospel. You see, these chains that Paul had, they gave him constant contact with lost people. As I've already said, every four to six hours, he was chained to a Roman guard. And they were constantly with him all the time. It gave him constant contact with the officials in Caesar's court. He was in Rome 
as an official prisoner. And they paid very, very, very special attention to him. Don't you think Paul took that opportunity to share the gospel? When Paul was going on his mission trips, and, and Lord willing, maybe this fall we'll do a study on the Apostle Paul, one of my favorites. But when he would go on the mission trips, he would go to the synagogues and preach. That's why he stayed in so much trouble. Because he would go to the synagogues and he would preach. But God used him. He used his, his chains to be in constant contact with Caesar's court. I'm sure that, that Paul would preach to them. You've heard of Fanny Crosby? Most of what's in the hymnal was written by her. You know, she was a little blind woman. Poor. Grew up poor. But she wrote song after song and could have been very wealthy. But her entire life, she stayed in that same clapboard house in New York and gave all her money away. Gave it all away. But God used her to write songs such as Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. This all goes back to the whole thought for chapter 1, a single mind. Paul looked on his circumstances as opportunities. I had an opportunity today in front of couple hundred people to share the gospel now the majority of people in there were churched and, and saved but there's some that weren't and at the end of it I said he told me to say this and I presented the gospel uh, his son-in-law Wayne who was who's was a friend and we we served with him he also shared the gospel at the beginning but Paul took this opportunity to share the gospel. His chains made him in constant contact with the officials. His chains also were used to give courage to those that were saved. Look in verse 14. Many of the believers took courage. It says, they were much more bold to speak the word without fear. That word speak is not talking about preaching it's talking about everyday conversation the people were encouraged by Paul's outlook on his chains my aunt told me this morning my uncle was sharing the gospel with everybody he come into contact with and this little old man I don't remember his name do you remember his name you weren't up there I'm getting this blank look. Obviously, you weren't with me at that particular time. But my Aunt Nate Deed said there was this little old man that my Uncle Cantrell shared the gospel with every time. And he came to the funeral home. I think it was last night. She said he walked up. He hugged her, said he's going to miss Uncle Cantrell or Miss Cantrell. And she said, you've been saved yet? He said, no, but I'm going to. She said, you might not make it out that door. How many times did he share the gospel? He said, every time I talked to him. So I don't remember his name, but pray for that guy. That through my Uncle Cancer's life, he will get saved. That's the way we all should be, amen? That's the way we all should be. That's the way Paul was. But these people were, were speaking without fear in verse 14 in their everyday conversation. These folks were encouraged by his chains. Number two. Paul's critics, verses 15 through 19. 
Paul had a lot of people that opposed him. A lot of people that didn't like him. The churches in Rome where he wrote the letters were divided. It says in the verses we read, it said, some preached Christ sincerely, wanting to see people get saved, but some preached Christ insincerely, not wanting, not concerned, not caring. You know, that happens today. There, there are churches, there are preachers, there are pastors that will tell you everything's good. There's no issues. You just go on and, and live your life. You know, that's not what the gospel says. Y'all hearing me tonight? Everything is not okay. We all have problems. We all have difficulties. That's why we need the gospel. But Paul's critics here, they cause contention. In verse 16, uh, contention. There's nothing worse than standing behind the pulpit to preach. And you're thinking, half of these people want me gone. Half of these people don't like me. I spent four and a half years at a church down in Rock Spring that I felt like that the last two years of my ministry there. There's hard, but you know what I did, Richard? I just preached the gospel. I just preached the gospel, but there was contention. But Paul said, look what he said in verse 17. Y'all still with me? Y'all hadn't dozed off yet? But the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. He was rejoicing that the gospel was being preached and it didn't matter really what was going on because people were hearing the gospel. We need more than ever for preachers to stand behind a pulpit and quit talking about what they prefer huh? and talk about Jesus. Amen. Quit talking about where somebody wears sandals or flip flops. Quit talking about where a woman wears pants or dresses and talk about Jesus. What this world needs is Jesus, not a lesson in what to wear. Just That just drives me crazy. Y'all with me tonight? Because I have had uh, heated discussions with pastors that basically stand at the door and will look at them and tell them to go on back home if they're not dressed appropriately. I said, what kind of Bible are you reading from? What kind of Bible are you preaching from? Here I go. I got to watch out. I get off on this subject and it just, it irritates me. We got people dying and going to hell. But you're worried about whether a guy's got a suit on or not. You're worried about what somebody's singing. Y'all hearing me tonight? We're talking about the gospel. We're talking about getting the gospel out. And Paul had critics Verse 19 indicates that he knew everything was going to turn out all right. Because what did he say in verse 19? For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. He says, I know it's going to be okay. Paul had critics. Who doesn't? The easiest thing we can do is criticize. I have been in this for 30 years. I have heard everything i have <laughs> i have heard everything i have i was connie i was preaching one time i'm gonna i'm gonna get off here for a minute i was preaching one time about the subject of 
Quit worrying about what everybody's wearing and listening to and just preach Jesus. And I had a tie and I took it off and I flung it. Lady was listening and I texted her, called her or something, said, I've been missing. She said, I ain't never coming back to your church. You throw ties. I said, come back next week. I might throw a microphone. So you never know. But you know what? I, I, I get critics are there. Critics are there. And God love them, they have their place, but it's not a gift of the Spirit. It's not a fruit of the Spirit. Y'all with me tonight? It's, it's just not. But Paul had his critics. Every time Paul turned around, he was being criticized for something. Look at uh, number three, Paul's crisis. Listen to this. Because of Paul's chains, Christ was known. Because of Paul's critics, Christ was preached and because of Paul's crisis Christ was magnified that's good I can't take claim to it Warren Wiersbe used that and I'm going to say it again because of Paul's chains Christ was known verse 13 because of Paul's critics Christ was preached in verse 18 and because of his crisis Christ was magnified. Look in verse 20. According to my earnest expectation and my hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. That's rich, folks. That is so, so rich. He knew through this crisis, Christ was going to be magnified. I've never thought, just a few years ago, I was going through some really, really hard times. And I had somebody tell me this. Through your crisis, Christ will be glorified. Now, at the time you're going through a crisis, Sister Dorothy, you don't think that. You don't. Because we're human when you're going through these troubles, when you're going through these things, you don't think that. But when people see how we handle crisis, when they see how we handle problems, when the world sees that we're different. Uh, I couldn't see, and I keep referring to today, but I couldn't see my aunt because we were kind of off to the side. But we got in the car to go to the cemetery and uh, Caleb and, was a pallbearer, and Kathy was in the back seat, and Caleb said, Daddy, did you see Aunt Nadine? I said, I couldn't. He said they, were, they did two songs, and during the songs, a little old bony head. Well, that's a cemetery. We're sitting there, National Cemetery. You've been to a place that's amazing. Every time I go there and, and go through the, the, the salute and the flag and everything, it's just amazing. But... My, my friend and, and Cantrell's son-in-law, Wayne, was just sharing a few scriptures before we prayed. I looked up. That little old bony hand. I'm thinking, wow. She has lost, and many of you have been there, lost the love of her life for 61 plus years. And she told me, she said, Kevin, I'm going to miss him sitting beside me. But when he sat beside me, he hurt. He didn't complain. 
He was swollen in places. Cancer was all over his body. Most people didn't even know it. She said, I'm going to miss him sitting beside me. But I know now he's not beside me. He's in heaven and he's not hurting anymore. I said, I want that kind of faith. I want that kind of faith. I want that. I want to be able to, in a crisis, and for her, friends, this is a crisis. She has Parkinson's. She can't walk without the help of a little walker. She's very feeble. But yet, Steve, she could do this. How many times in Sunday when the Lord moves and, and we think, well, if I raise my hand, somebody will think I'm a fanatic. Let them think it. I'd rather see you with your hands way up praising God. No matter what you're facing. Y'all hearing me tonight? Paul's crisis. Paul's crisis. There's an old song that says, I'm a winner either way if I go or if I stay. For I still have my Jesus each passing day. I'll have a healing here below or life forever if I go. Or praise the Lord, I'm a winner either way. Verse 21 of chapter 1 sums up the whole thing. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I guess you could call Paul a pioneer in this text, in these verses that we've read. Paul's chains, Paul's critics, and Paul's crisis. Remember, the book is about joy. Paul had joy even in crisis. Paul had joy even when the critics were beating on his door. Paul had joy even though he was confined to chains. You have joy. You have joy. Remember, happiness is based on circumstances. Joy is based on Jesus. And when we give up our joy, we willingly say, hey, devil, Satan, just take it. I don't want it. I think every day we get up, we ought to say, today, I choose joy. No matter what comes our way, no matter what we fight, face, or try to figure out, I choose joy.